This is Jocko Podcast number 370 with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. So if you are listening and you didn't la- listen to the last podcast, number 369, go back and listen to it. This is a continuation of that podcast. We are talking about the games we are playing, the subordinate games that make up various aspects of life, and then ultimately the game of life itself. And just to say this, and we kind of talked about this on the last one, recognition of the game is a huge part of the battle. Just recognizing that there's a game going on is a huge part of the battle. It's like when uh, people are alcoholics and sort of the, the beginning of solving the problem is admitting, oh, I'm an alcoholic, that's what they say. Or realizing that you've been hustled in a, in pool, <laughs> right? Sure. Like, like yeah, if you don't yeah. know that you're getting hustled, yeah, they're playing a game with you, yeah. you, you, will, you will literally stop getting hustled as soon as you recognize what's happening. Yeah. Uh, three card, the three card shuffle, you ever yeah. seen that? Yeah. Uh-huh. You think you're gonna win that game. They're playing a game. They're playing a different game than you are. Yeah. You're trying to watch that card like an idiot. <laughs> a, you realize someone's playing you in a relationship, right? That's a common term. We don't talk about the game, but we talk about getting played. Getting played, yeah. Once you know you're getting played, hopefully you go, oh, okay, now I understand the game that's happening. I'm losing the game. I'm going to get out of the game. Yeah. If you don't know there's a game going on, you're just going to lose the game. So that's kind of the the prime primary piece of information from the last podcast was to make sure you know you are in a game. I'm going to go back to David Foster Wallace's commencement speech, which I talked a little bit about on the last podcast. Here's another excerpt. He says this, by way of example, let's say it's an average adult day and you get up in the morning, go to your challenging white collar college graduate job and you work hard for eight or 10 hours. And at the end of the day, you're tired and somewhat stressed and all you want to do is go home and have a good supper and maybe unwind for an hour and then hit the sack early because of course you have to get up the next day and do it all again. But then you remember there's no food at home. You haven't had time to shop this week because of your challenging job. So now after work, you have to get in your car and drive to the supermarket. It's the end of the work day and the traffic is apt to be very bad. So getting to the store takes way longer than it should. And when you finally get there, the supermarket is very crowded because of course it's the time of day when all the other people with jobs also try and squeeze in some grocery shopping. And the store is hideously lit and also infused with soul-killing Muzak or corporate pop. And it's pretty much the last place you wanna be, but you can't just get in and out quickly. You have to wander all over the huge overlit stores, confusing aisles to find the stuff you want and you have to maneuver your junky cart through all these other tired, hurried people with carts, etc., etc., cutting stuff out because of the long ceremony here. And eventually you get all your supper supplies, except now it turns out that there aren't enough checkout lanes open, even though it's the end of the day rush. So the checkout line is incredibly long, which is stupid and infuriating. But you can't take your frustration out on the lady, on the frantic lady working the register, who's overworked at a job whose daily tedium and meaninglessness surpasses the imagination of any of us here at at a prestigious college. But anyway, 
You finally get to the checkout line's front and you pay for your food and you get told to have a nice day in a voice that is absolutely the voice of death. Then you have to take your creepy, flimsy plastic bags of groceries in your cart with the one crazy wheel that pulls mattingly to the left all the way through the crowded, bumpy, littery parking lot. And then you have to drive all the way home through slow, heavy, SUV-intensive rush hour traffic, etc., etc. Everyone has done this, of course, but it hasn't been part of your graduate's actual life routine day after day, week after week month after month, year after year, but it will be. And many more dreary, annoying, seemingly meaningless routines besides. But that is not the point. The point is that petty, frustrating crap like this is exactly where the work of choosing is going to come in. Because the traffic jams and crowded aisles and long checkout lines give me time to think. And if I don't make a conscious decision about how to think and what to pay attention to, I'm going to be pissed and miserable every time I have to shop. Because my natural default setting is the certainty that situations like this are really all about me about my hungriness and my fatigue and my desire to just get home. And it's going to seem for all the world like everybody else is just in my way. And who are all these people in my way? And look at how repulsive most of them are and how stupid and cow-like and dead-eyed and non-human they seem in the checkout line or at how annoying and rude it is that people are talking loudly on cell phones in the middle of the line and look at how deeply and personally unfair this is or of course if i'm in a more socially conscious liberal arts form of my default setting i can spend in the end of the day traffic being disgusted by all the huge stupid lane blocking suvs and hummers and v12 pickup trucks burning their wasteful selfish 40 gallon tanks of gas and i can dwell on the fact that the patriotic or religious bumper stickers always seem to be on the biggest most disgustingly selfish vehicles driven by the ugliest this is the an example of how not to think most disgustingly selfish vehicles driven by the ugliest, most inconsiderate aggressive drivers. And I can think about how our children's children will despise us for wasting all the future's fuel and probably screwing up the climate and how spoiled and stupid and selfish and disgusting we all are and how modern consumer society just sucks and so forth and so on. You get the idea. If I choose to think this way in a store and on the freeway, fine lots of us do except thinking this way tends to be so easy and automatic that it doesn't have a choice it is my natural default setting it's the automatic way that I experience boring frustrating crowded parts of adult life when I'm operating on all the automatic unconscious belief that I am the center of the world and that my immediate needs and feelings are what should determine the world's priorities. The thing is, of course, there are, two, there are totally different ways to think about these kind of situations. In this traffic, 
All these vehicles stopped and idling in my way. It's not impossible that some of these people in these SUVs have been in horrible auto auto accidents in the past and now find driving so terrifying that their therapist has all but ordered them to get huge, heavy SUV so they can feel safe enough to drive. Or that the Hummer that just cut me off is maybe being driven by a father whose little child is hurt or sick in the seat next to him and he's trying to get his kid to a hospital and he's in a bigger, more legitimate hurry than I am. It is actually I who am in his way. Or I can choose to force myself to consider the likelihood that everyone else in the supermarket checkout line is just as bored and frustrated as I am. And that some of these people probably have harder, more tedious, and more painful lives than I do. Again, please don't think that I am giving you moral advice or that I'm saying you are supposed to think this way or that anybody expects you to just automatically do it because it's hard. It takes will and effort. And if you are like me, some days you won't be able to do it or you just flat out won't want to. But most days, if you're aware enough to give yourself a choice, you can choose to look differently at this fat, dead-eyed, over-made-up lady who just screamed at her kid in the checkout line. Maybe she's not unusually like this. Maybe she's not usually like this. Maybe she's been up three straight nights holding the hand of a husband who is dying of bone cancer. Or maybe this very lady is the low-wage clerk at the motor vehicle department who just yesterday helped your spouse resolve a horrific, infuriating red tape problem through some small act of bureaucratic kindness. Of course, none of this is likely, but it's also not impossible. It just depends on what you want to consider. If you're automatically sure that you know what reality is and you are operating on your default setting, then you, like me, probably won't consider possibilities that aren't annoying and miserable. But if you really learn how to pay attention then you will know there are other options. It will actually be within your power to experience a crowded, hot, slow, consumer hell-type situation as not only meaningful, but sacred, on fire with the same force that made the stars, love, fellowship, the mystical oneness of all things deep down. Not that that mystical stuff is necessarily true. The only thing that's capital T true, is that you get to decide how you're going to try to see it. <clears throat> so, uh, uh, the, the reason that I wanted to go back to this speech is because it points out the fact that it's very easy. It's, it's extremely easy to go through life on autopilot, right? To actually go through life seeing things through miserable colored uh, lenses, right? You know, you get the rose colored lenses. It's really easy to go through life with just seeing everything as miserable. Just like it's that, that's easy. We actually get to choose the way we look at things. Sometimes we don't even realize that we have a choice. We get numbed down and we get dumbed down And I think that's why oftentimes people don't realize that they're in a game. They don't see it. So they end up just simply following along and just existing in the game without noticing that it's being played. 
Now, there's a couple things to think about as we continue this discussion about the games and playing games and the game that we're in. With games, in any game, well, in most games, there's chances. There's, there's a level of luck involved. Good luck, bad luck, right? I mean, it happens on a football field. You get a bad bounce, you get a good bounce. That can be win or lose the game. Yeah. That in wrestling, they, they literally toss a coin in wrestling. Who's going to get top position? Who's going to get bottom position? If you're a great top player, you could, and you're bad at the bottom player, you can literally win or lose the game on a, to- on a coin toss. So there's, there's a certain aspect, a certain element of luck in any game. And there's a certain aspect of luck in life, right? Oh, it's really nice to be born into a good family with, he- with health and money and connections and stability. That's, that's great, right? And there's, there's a certain amount of skill that can, you can be lucky enough to have. Yeah, you want to be, be a basketball player? It's really nice when you're 6'9", mm. <laughs> right? Or if you want to go into academics and you have a, a, a photographic memory, that's, you're pretty lucky. And not everyone gets that gift. If you're in the business world and you have a good knack for numbers, those are, those are nice things to have. So there's luck and there's some skill that you are, that you, you might just have through that luck. But, and this is sort of lends to what we talked about in the last podcast, it's your play that has the most impact in dictating success or failure. It's, you, it's the way, it's how you play the game that counts. Now, we need to think about this. Because if you were 6'9", probably be a pretty good, pretty good decision to get into basketball. Mm-hmm. There's no guarantee, but you, you at least, you're kind of going to be on, on the map a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, in high school, you're going to be a dominant player. Mm-hmm. You're 6'9", you're going to be a dominant player. So you got to kind of make a decision about what game you're going to play. And that, that starts to play a role in whether you're going to win or lose the game. Because if you're 6'9 and you decide to become a gymnast, you're going to have issues, right? Sure. You're going to have issues. If you're 5'2", five 5'3", five and you decide you're going to play basketball, you're probably going to have some issues. Now, it can be done, mm-hmm. right? Muggsy Bogues, 5'3". I think he's 5'3". I think he's 5'3". You know who Muggsy Bogues is? Yeah. 5'3". Playing the NBA. It's crazy. Too. And like playing in the NBA. <clears throat> he wasn't sitting on a bench. Yeah. He's playing in the NBA. You know, he didn't get, he didn't get that gift. But what matters is how he played. Mm. So we have to pay attention to that, that you have a choice as to what game you're going to play, what games you're going to play. You have a choice into how you're going to keep score. You have a choice in what means winning and what means losing. Mm. 
so when it comes to life, what game are we playing, what rules, and how do we win? We were talking about the broad, the supreme game of life. You could probably start with uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. right? So this guy is, he, this guy Maslow, um, Abraham Maslow, born in Brooklyn, 1908, died in 1970, he's a, a psychologist, and he made up this motivational hierarchy in psychology, and this was his biggest contribution. And so it, the, the base of the pyramid, the, the lowest thing, but the, the most important thing that you have to get out of the gate is your physiological needs, obviously. Air, water, food, shelter, sleep, clothing, reproduction. Like these are the base needs that you have. Those are your physiological needs. Above that, in his, according to his hierarchy, is safety. So personal security. Like how can you make sure that you're safe? And they include in this like employment and resources and health and property. All those things are, are sort of wrapped up in safety. The next one up is love and belonging. You know, I don't know I like to say the L word on the, on the podcast, but love and belonging. Yeah. This is friendship. This is intimacy. This is family. This is a sense of connection. You got esteem is the next one, which is respect and, and status and recognition and strength and freedom. And then you get self-actualization, which is the desire for a human to maximize their potential. So some of the characteristics of that are how you perceive reality. That you can, that someone that's self-actualized can perceive reality the way it is. Now, we've talked about this before. Like everyone's perception of reality is different. Mm. So we don't really, how we judge in that one, not really 100% sure. These people that self have self-actualized, actualized, they can accept themselves for what they really are. Which again, that's an interesting one because if you are Muggsy Bogues and you're like, well, I just have to deal with the fact that I'm 5'3 and I'm never, no, actually, he didn't accept it. Um, accept other people for who they are. They're not self-centered, they're creative, they're resistant to conformity, they appreciate basic life experience. So that's this, that's this hierarchy of needs. Right, you got your physiological needs, your safety. I get it. We got to start with that. Food, water, shelter. Sure, we get that. If you don't have that, you're, there's not much else going on. Um, safety. Sure, we get that. If you're under constant fear, if you're the if you're the mouse trapped with the cat, that's not good. You got to figure out. And then you get you get to this one belonging. Not everyone has this deep desire to belong. Like, I, I get it. It's a co- pretty common. Mm. But some people prefer to be alone. I mean, there's such a thing as a hermit, right? Yeah. And, and I think different people would prioritize this differently. I get that you could say, for most people, we want to have some social belonging. But I think this varies a lot. Mm. That being said, I think it's a strong, I think in most people it is a pretty strong thing. You know, that's why we have 
tribes. That's why we have gangs. That's why we have freaking Democrats and Republicans. <laughs> That's why we have uh, sports teams that people wear. The I mean, can you imagine how much it's billions of dollars that sports teams makes from the sales of merchandise so you can wear your your gang's insignia on your jersey? So that clearly indicates you don't spend that kind of money if you don't want some kind of sense of belonging. So, mm-hmm. so this is, I'm just saying, not everyone feels this way, but it's definitely one of those things that I can understand. Esteem. Now, we get a healthy, a healthy ideal. Like you're talking about, oh, I want to be esteemed. I have good self-esteem. Mm-hmm. At what point does this start turning into ego, right? My status. That's what my concern is. Mm-hmm. Like, why is that? Or recognition. I really want to be recognized. That's really, that's ego, man. And I'm not saying it's it's there for sure. If you can, I would recommend you break break away from that ego 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 anchor that's pulling you into status and pulling you into recognition. And then you get this idea of self actualization. Again, to me, this is like an ideal. You got someone that's like focused on. Becoming who they are, right? Yeah. Am I being too? Am I being too much? Am I yes. going too hard in the yeah. pain? <laughs> uh, well, yes. <clears throat> and it kind of was the the status, ego, esteem mm-hmm. part. That's mm-hmm. where you begun your journey into too hard in the pain. <laughs> so the the <clears throat> the status and ego recognition and stuff. Then again, I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't. I can't read Maslow's mind. But mm. this is what it seems like. It's like an inner need. Now, if you need this above and beyond normal stuff, then it starts to mutate, right? Like, just like how you say, like a healthy ego. There's a healthy ideal of it. Yeah. Yeah. Versus an inflated ego, where the inflated ego is like bad. You start, you know, it's a dichotomy, as one Mm. might say. So, like the, um, like, uh, we'll say recognition, for example, right? It's not to say that, like, someone's pining and yearning very, very hard for the recognition. It's just that when you get recognition for something you did good, it's going to be hard to find somebody who just doesn't care and doesn't make them feel good. Right. So there, that is an indicator. There is some need in yep. there, you yep. know, not to say they're going to break their back or throw their mom under the bus for that recognition. That's like mutated, yeah. you know. I was going to say, not inflated. saying that they wouldn't do that because <laughs> well, certain people have done that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and I would imagine this kind of goes for everything where, yeah, it can kind of go too far or whatever. But generally speaking, we're talking about the normal level of, hey, I want to be, I want to feel belonging. Mm-hmm. I want to feel esteemed. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to feel uh, recognized and appreciated. And, you know, all these things that we normal people, we like to feel. So I'm what I'm saying is you have to ask yourself if that's the game you're going to play. Is that the game you're going to play? You want recognition? Okay. Mm. You want status? Okay. So that's that you want this quote unquote self actualization. What does that actually mean? That can mean a lot of different things. So look, there's people that look self actualization is becoming a a Buddhist monk in Thailand, right? Yeah. There's some people self-actualization is becoming, you know, the jujitsu champion. Right. There's some going down the line. Yeah, yeah. So that that's a that's a real vague term. Yeah. I'm sure some psychologist is gonna chime in from the, from the <laughs> cheap seats. It's very po- and if he does, he's probably gonna say what I'm saying, where it's like, oh, don't really? think of, of it. In, guy. <laughs> don't think of it in terms of Speaking like of ego. Ex- <laughs> extreme terms mm-hmm. 
Think of it in normal terms. You know, like yeah. you want food. Oh, well, this guy's centering his whole life over pursuing food. No, 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 no. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying, you know. So it's an ideal. Each one of these, if we view them as an ideal, they're somewhat more acceptable. Yeah. But they are games. And we, the last podcast, we talked about these some of these specific games. We talked about work. We talked about health and fitness. We talked about relationships. We talked about life. You start talking about legacy a little bit. The... And those are sensible pursuits for most people after water, shelter, food, and safety, in my opinion. Work, like good job, occupation, health and fitness, yes. Good relationships, yes. Maybe the relationships, that, that that's in belonging, right? Maybe the work goes into esteem of recognition and status. So I'm just trying to line these up and understand what I think with what some a little bit more you know, academic version of this is. But when we talk about these, when we talk about esteem, when we talk about job, when we talk about life, when we talk about recognition, you could put these into, into various games with various reward systems, with various ways of winning, and a real obvious one is money. A lot of people, they're playing the game of trying to gather up money. Um, and, and I think, really, money is a little bit of a substitute for freedom, right? It's supposed to be that if you have more money, you eventually get freedom. And there's the whole idea that, you know, someone is a ski bum. Mm-hmm. They don't have any money. Mm-hmm. They work, you know, up on the mountain. They're lifty up sure. on the mountain, Hell yeah. and they got to work four hours in the morning every day. But they're skiing every day. Yeah. So they, even though they don't have money, they're kind of doing what. They, and meanwhile, there's another guy that's working eighty-hour weeks down in you know down in the city. Yeah. And he busts his ass so he can go up and ski for those six days vacation. Right. So you're supposed to be getting freedom from money. Doesn't always work out that way. Pursuit of money can actually end up being sort of an addiction as well, where now that's what it becomes your master. And and listen, I've known people that they love that game. Mm. They literally love making money, like deals, and they love it. And every time they make money, it's it's incredibly rewarding to them. Mm. If they're lucky, they're good at that game. And and I've got friends that are really good at making a lot of money. And they're good at it. And they're happy. And they, you know, you, you ever wonder, oh, how many millions of dollars do you need? Right? right? People are like, oh, more. Yeah. But they, they are, hey, they got enough money to do whatever they want. You know what they want to do? They want to get more money because that's the game that they're playing and they love that game. Yeah. And some people want to play that game and they're not good at it mm-hmm. they're not good at making money and they're not going to be happy so that's terrible because you get someone that's not really good at making money and they play in that game and they don't win and they're not going to be happy so you got to be careful when it comes to the money making game are you good at it we talked about last time, are you in the, are you playing the game with money that's gonna make you a lot of money? 
Because if you're working, you know, 80, 90, 100 hours a week in the wrong game, you're not making any money. You know, you make $52,000 a year working an 80-hour week. You're a hard worker. You're smart, but it's just not getting you there. You got to be playing a different game. Now, the thing, the weird thing about, so this is one example, right? It's a common example. People are playing the game for money. But there's all kinds, there's, there's people that make all kinds of stuff into their game, like what they're into, right? Yeah. And it's sort of ecosystems, right? You could be into jujitsu. You want that to be, that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. To you or a basketball player or academia, right? People pursue a life in academia. They want to win that game. They want to get the most prestigious college. They want to get the most prestige. They want to write the prestigious paper that gets published in the prestigious, uh, what do they call it, journal. Yeah, hell yeah. There's people that, the game that they're playing is cars, right? Getting cool cars or being in the military. I always got to bring that one up. I was in the military. I was playing that game. I was in that game. You're trying to get, you know, get the right job, work in the right place. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be a SEAL. Uh, people are into chess. <laughs> people are into women, like, you name it. And there's someone that's going to make that a huge part of the game that they're playing. Mm. Can do this with anything. And actually, you know, in the book Final Spin. Sure. The, that's sort of the character of Artie. The cleaner who's totally into washing machines and dryers and folding laundry and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's sort of a, a statement about people that are just into random things. Yeah. And that's the main game that they're playing in their life. Mm-hmm. Here's what's kind of good about some of those games is that they're def- there's, they're defined. Right? So you want to be a jiu-jitsu champion? Okay, here's what you do. Here's, you train, you compete. Mm-hmm. If you want to get to the pinnacle, you learn these moves, you cut weight, you get to this championship, you win. That's mm-hmm. the, the defined what you do, academia, right? Yeah. Same thing. Like, oh, you want, to be, you want to be a respected academic. Go to this school, go to this school, go to this school, get this degree, get this degree, get this degree, get, write your paper. Yeah. <laughs> yep. For the journal, right? Yep. Do those things, yep. and eventually you're at the, Apex, or you're at least in the top percent of this academic group. Military is really defined. Mm. Oh, you're going to go in, you're going to get this job, you're going to do this job, you're going to promote. So they tell you what the game is, they tell you how to compete, and they tell you what winning is. So in in some respects, those games kind of have something cool to them. Mm -hmm. They're defined. What's bad about some of those games is they're they're not as all-encompassing as people think. So people get wrapped around being the best jujitsu player, the best basketball player, the best best in academia, the best in the military. Happens a lot with the military, right? We see that the person's doing the military thing, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden their career's over. Like, hey, you're a general or an admiral in the military, let's say you're a four-star admiral or a three-star general. Bro, you are kind of a a king, right? You're kind of a king. You have 
a chauffeur, you have people vehicles driving you around, you get off the plane, there's people waiting for you, they set their whole schedule around you, mm-hmm. you got you got billions of dollars at play like with fuel for ships and planes and oh, mm-hmm. hey, I want to take this plane over here. You can do it. Yeah. You're you're sort of this incredibly empowered person. Mm-hmm. And then one day you retire. And all of a sudden all that stuff is gone mm. now look you're probably gonna go get a job at some military company and fuel that military industrial complex but even then even then you're just another at that point you're another admiral you're another they got they got 28 admirals mm. they got 47 generals so you, all of a sudden you're just a person again yeah. or you're in the seal teams or you're in force recon or you're in marsoc or you're a green beret and that's Hey man, you walk in. You're an army dude. You're an you're a green beret, and you walk into a, you know, a conventional army battalion. All of a sudden, people are giving you respect. Yeah. Once you get out, whatever. (laughs) You're jujitsu, or you're a fighter, UFC fighter. You know what happens when you're done? What are you doing? You are a champion. Or you were a contender. Yeah. Now all of a sudden you look around, what do you have? You've got people are doing better now in the UFC, but 10 years ago, even five years ago, I guess go 10 years ago, if you were the champion of the world and then you couldn't fight anymore for whatever reason, mm. you got too old or you got beat up too much or you, you, know, you were just done, you got injured, mm. what do you have? Those, those guys literally don't have any money. There's, there's nothing. So all of a sudden, you look up from one of those games, those types of games that we're talking about, mm-hmm. you look up from that game and all of a sudden you don't have anything. Yeah. You don't have anything. You won the game. You won yeah. the game. Yeah. Damn. You know, I was talking uh, with a very senior flag officer. I'm not gonna narrow it down between the services, but a Admiral General type with multiple stars mm. on their collar. Is that what flag uh, yeah. officer means? Yeah, because they have their own flag that flies again. It's like, you know, you show up, you're a flag officer, they fly a flag for you. A one star, a two star, three star flag gets flown. Damn, okay. But he was telling me about another flag officer that he had spoken to. Mm. And the other flag officer was even more senior to him. Mm-hmm. And that senior flag officer retired. And the junior flag officer was like, oh, you know, how's retirement going? You know, do you miss the Navy? And he goes, well, I guess I just said it was the Navy, but yeah, it was the Navy. He goes, <laughs> he goes uh, do, you miss the, do you miss the Navy? And he's like, nah, it's all bullshit. And I was like, damn. Yeah. A very senior person, not he wasn't in the SEAL teams, but a very senior person saying that his career, where he'd spent, you know, what is it, 25, 30, maybe even over 30 years, that's ah, all bullshit. Yeah. But when he, this is, this is, he was in the game, knew he was in the game, but thought that that was the supreme game, and it wasn't. And when he got out, he looked around and said, damn, I was playing this game over here. I was like the most dominant freaking kickball player on the school field. Yeah. And I was the champion, and people had to give me their their cookies at lunch because I beat them. And then all of a sudden he looks like gets like leaves the school field and realize there's major league baseball. Yeah. 
right? Or he just wasn't, it's just a little tiny game. So we as people need to be cognizant of the fact and recognize the game that we're, that we're focused on and make sure that that game is what we want it to be. Make sure that it's equivalent for the effort that we're putting into it. Yeah. And look, there's some people, they get out of the Army, they get out of the Navy, they get out of the Marine Corps, and they're, they're totally stoked. They're like, oh yeah, I played that game, it was awesome, I loved it, I'm retired now. Mm-hmm. I'm good with it. Yeah. I'm glad I invested all that time and effort into that game because I loved it. I feel that way. Yeah. Like I don't feel, I got out of the SEAL teams, I was like, damn, that was freaking awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. Loved every second of it. If you don't pay attention, you might be putting your time and effort into a game that's not as important as you think it is. So be careful of that. You can see this with social media as well, mm-hmm. right? Like people think that social media matters mm-hmm. in a big way. Yeah. And it's like, oh, actually, you know, actually you could go off social media and okay, sure, someone might be like, oh my gosh, oh, what happened? Oh. Actually, they wouldn't say, oh my gosh. No, they'd be like, oh, I noticed you were on social media. Oh yeah, I canceled yeah. my account. I left. Oh, it was taking too much time. Yeah. It wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, are you, oh, is every, no. People are like, oh, probably just aren't around. Yeah. There's probably only a handful of people that would notice, to be honest with you, for most of us. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Be like, oh, whatever. And and the same thing, I, uh, the likes and the follows and the comments and the subscribers and all that stuff, it's like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Whatever, it doesn't really matter. Not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But if you think that's a big deal, and something happens with it, that's a problem, bro. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. So, when you're investing a lot into a game, make sure that it's the right game. And if this game really matters. And then figure out if you should be actually playing this game or not. Or how long are you going to play it for? What are you going to invest in it? You can play a different game. Maybe you can pursue what you truly want to pursue. And what we have to be careful of, when you start asking these questions, you can't lie to yourself. Because this is where, this is where real problems begin. Uh, so I got, I was in uh, a few years ago, it was 2020, because it was a Jocko Live event, it was in New York. And a guy asked a question, you know, um, he said, hey, the guy's fired up. He says, hey, you know, I got a good job, I make really good money, I have a happy family, I got a wife and two kids, 2.5 kids, whatever it was. You know, so he had a good life, he's explaining. He said, you know, I just can't find the motivation to get up in the morning and do more. And as I thought through this, I told him he is very, well, the reason he's asking this question is because he's lying to himself. And he's lying to himself, he's lying to himself in one of two ways. The first way that he could be lying to himself is he's lying to himself 
that he wants to do more. Mm-hmm. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, re- I really want to get up and I want to do more. There's a chance that that's a lie. Because if it's really there, when you feel that lack of achievement, when you feel that you could do more, when you know you're not reaching your potential, that eats you up. You don't need to find a motivation. Motivation finds you. You can't sleep because you want to do more. So there's a chance that this guy's lying to himself about the fact that he wants to do more. And he's actually content. The other lie that he could tell could be telling is that he's when he says he's happy and he has a good job and he has great money and he has a happy family, there's a chance that that doesn't really exist. There's a chance that that if all that stuff was good to go, he wouldn't really feel the need to want to do more. So he's looking at it probably, oh, hey, I'm totally good to go. No, you're not. So tell the truth about that. Be like, you know what? I'm making good money, but I want to make more money. I want to set my kids up for life. I want to take better care of my wife. I want to be able to spend, I want to be able to get a vacation. Whatever those things are, tell the truth. And if you tell the truth about those things, you go, you know what? If I want to get another home, if I want to get a vacation home, I need to work. I need to bust my ass. I need to break out. I need to get up early. I need to do more stuff. and, And listen, there's some people that are totally happy and content with the rents covered, the car payments handled, the Netflix account is paid off, right? We're good. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's not supposed to elicit a hell yeah from you. <laughs> but there's people like this. Then there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's where you're at and you're like, hey, look, I got a rent, got a cool place, I got, you know, I got a I got my Netflix covered, I got um, you know, I got a cool car, we're all good. Got a nice girlfriend, we're all good. There's people that legitimately are content with that. There's also people that say we're all good and they're not. They're lying to themselves. Mm. So don't lie to yourself. And in this case, that I was talking to this guy from New York, most likely the lie is contentment. Most likely he's, he's not as happy as he wants to be. Most likely he has unreached potential. That's a serious issue for a lot of people. And the older you get, the stronger that grows. Right? When you look at yourself in the mirror and you, you know time has passed that you wasted, that starts to eat at you. That can start to eat at you. And so here's what I told this guy. I said, listen, discipline that you're looking for, that motivation, that discipline that you're looking for, discipline is rooted in the truth we tell ourselves. Discipline is rooted in the truth that we tell ourselves. And this is, J- I, I, a couple weeks later, I was doing a gig with JP, JP Donnell, and I told, you know, we were having a discussion about where he was at, and I told him the same thing. Discipline is rooted in the truth we tell ourselves. If you tell yourself the truth, you'll find discipline. And actually, if you tell yourself the truth, most likely discipline will find you. So, do not lie to yourself. Do not lie to yourself. And believe it or not, we tend to do that. We tend to just say, oh, you know, I'm actually pretty happy. I'm actually pretty happy. We tend to tell ourselves a lie. Either that, and your lie could be, I want more and I want to do more. That could be a lie. 
You could be content with where you're at or your lie is that I'm happy. And by the way, if you want more, go freaking get it. And if you're happy, cool, enjoy it. If you get, if you pull that truth out of yourself, and you know what, I'm freaking stoked. I got a, I got a house, I got a girlfriend, I got Netflix, I, I'm good. If that's where you get, cool, enjoy it. But don't lie to yourself. And here's what you gotta watch out for. People lie about the hard games. People lie about the hard games. People lie about, you know, oh, I don't really care about money. Mm. It's freaking hard to make money. And so people lie about it. Yeah. Or, you know, I don't really, I don't want to, I don't want to spend my whole life working. I don't care how big I am. I don't care how strong I am. It's a lie. Yeah. Not in all cases, but in a lot of cases. Um, I don't really care about having, oh, I don't want some big house. Then you just got to take care of it. Okay. That could be a lie. Put your lie detector on. Yeah. If the goal that you're talking about, you don't care about is big and takes hard work, put your lie detector on it and make sure you're not lying to yourself. Yeah. If you don't care, if you truly don't care, that's cool. That's fine. But if you do care, don't lie to yourself. Now, you might have to put some realistic goals on yourself, right? You might have to be like, okay, I'm not happy with where I'm at. This is what I want. You know, I want a freaking mansion or I want I want a, I want a, a house on beachfront Malibu, 20 mil, by the way. Yeah. That might not be a realistic goal for you. Mm. But if you're like, well, you know, I, I, yeah, I don't really care about that. So I'm good with my apartment over here. I'm good renting my apartment over here. If that's really, if you really like look at your life and you look at your game and you look at your plan and you look at your, where you're gonna be and you're like, I like renting an apartment and this is where I'm truly happy. Okay, but I'm asking you please don't lie to yourself. This happens with, uh, with people going through SEAL training. Mm-hmm. They say they wanna be a SEAL. They, they sign up for six years of their lives they tell all their friends that they're gonna be a SEAL. They tell their girlfriend they're gonna be a SEAL. They tell their parents and their grandparents they're gonna be a SEAL. And then it gets cold. And they decide, eh, I don't really care about being a SEAL. It's not really, not really for me. Mm-hmm. It's not true. <clears throat> it's a lie. Mm-hmm. And they quit. And then two days later or two hours later, they're like, damn, I don't actually do. I do wanna do that. Yeah, but. At the moment of truth, you lied to yourself. So that's what we end up doing a lot. We end up doing a lot of lying to ourselves about the game that we're playing, about the game that we want to play, about the game that we should play, and we don't tell ourselves the truth about it. This is also why it's very important to be able to take a step back and detach. Mm. Because your little conniving mind will outsmart you. It will outsmart you. And it'll agree with the fact that you really don't care about, you know, having a good relationship with this girl or this guy. Or it'll say, you know what, I don't really care about getting advanced at work because I'm good with where I'm at. 
You, your mind will tell you that. Mm-hmm. And, and you gotta watch out because your mind is smart. It knows how to manipulate you. Mm. Knows what to say. So, pay attention to the game that you're playing. Select the right game. And make sure that you don't lie to yourself. So the the lying to yourself, like that goes super deep. Like lying to yourself about like Did uh, I hit a nerve over there? <laughs> <home? laughs> yeah, you did actually kind of. But you know, and you make this joke sometimes <clears throat> where you we're talking about twenty rep squat. Right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, eh, I don't know if it's even I don't even know if I care about being strong. No, you know, no, like you're, you're giving me like you're giving me a little bit too much like niceness. I'm really like Doing a twenty rep squat, I'm like I don't even care about the, I, this. Is stupid. <laughs> yeah, like I get, stupid. I get a aggr- that weak part of my brain gets aggressive. Oh yeah, like dude, this is you're gonna get hurt. Yeah, oh, are yeah. you saying that kind yeah. of shit? Like, hey, you're gonna get yeah. hurt. You know, yes, you're gonna yeah. get hurt, and you're not gonna be able to roll. You're not gonna be able to surf. <laughs> like you should just yeah, being a, what, what? How big do you want it? How strong do you need to be, yes. bro? Yeah, it's, it's just so take true. it easy. Yeah. And the thing is that like that, and <clears throat> that's why I was kind of laughing because I thought about that. And and I, I have some, some pretty bad ones as well where, you know, you and the lie is that like you don't really care that much about being strong. Mm. The thing is like being strong is important, always yeah. has been important. Well, you uh, just don't want to uh, fucking suffer yeah. right there. Hey, check this out. If, if, if you went into the gym and someone's like at that moment and they're like, if they break and they go, you know what, I don't really care about being strong. Yeah. And then you're like, hey, here's a pill you can take, it'll make you freaking super strong. 100% of people are taking it. There's no one that says that I don't want yeah. that pill. Yeah. There's you people that. that aren't willing to make the sacrifice. Yes. And Cause that. let's face it, dude, you do those 20 rep squats, bro. Brother, yeah, that's a that's a, like a psych. It can be like a psychedelic experience, like you know when yes. you get to like the the. the I, I thought you were gonna say psychotraumatic experience. No. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I guess it depends on who you are. It depends on how much weight you're doing. Depends on how you feel. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, psychedelic. But what you just said there was like they don't want to make the sacrifice, right? And that sacrifice looks like a that's a bunch of different things depending on what you're doing. But really, that's the truth. But that's a hard truth to say. It's like it seems way more comforting to be like, eh, it's not really that worth it. Because when something's not worth it and it's like clear, it's like, eh, yeah, like it's like, yeah, I could go to the store, but it's not worth it for the whatever I'm trying to get or whatever. Like that's easy. That's an easy one to accept. But if you're like, yeah, it is worth it, and but right now I don't want to endure that suffering. I'm too like mentally weak or whatever you want to, you know, whatever the situation is. Like I'm too mentally weak to go through that suffering no. for this yeah. 25 seconds. Well, That's what, hard. What's funny is you never say I'm too mentally weak yeah. to go through this because if you say that, you're all, you actually you actually wreck. What you'll say is like I don't, you know. I don't think I should get injured. That's I don't think I should push myself. You got all these other excuses that you'll make. Right. And what's what what we have to watch out for is we can propel ourselves down the path in life of getting on the easiest game. Yeah, exactly. Right? right. You can say, "Hey, here's the easiest path to take. That's a good enough game for me." And listen, this is what you got to watch out for. You got to watch out for un utilized potential that you have as a human being. If you have unutilized potential as a human being, that's what ends up, in my opinion, becoming regret. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that. That becomes resentment towards other people as well. Mm. You ever, you know, we talked about this on the last podcast of like, oh, your friends don't want you to succeed. 
there's some friends that don't want you to succeed. Yeah. That's because they know that they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Yeah. You ever see someone like doing something that's hardcore and you're like a little bit jealous <laughs> and mad and like frustrated? <laughs> uh, I, I, I feel like I probably have, yes, but I can't think of anything offhand. But I understand what you're saying. Yes. When I'm, when you see like, oh, uh, Jocko, like I post, oh, I just got done training jujitsu and you didn't. Are you a little bit mad? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Right? Sometimes. A little yeah. bit mad because yeah. because it, it's a reflection of you. Yeah. You decided not to train. Yeah. That was your choice. Yeah. Shit's getting personal. You know what's real funny about <laughs> that is like that you're right in, you're right in probably more ways than you think because sometimes I'll be like, I'll be like, ah, oh, he didn't call me. To go train. You know how sometimes you'll, you'll like text and be like training this time or whatever. And then like, and then I'll see whatever. Someone posts a picture of themselves mm. with you training. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's like, it's almost like a justification. Mm. You know, I'm like, ah, oh, you didn't call me, but eh, whatever, you know, kind of thing. But really the, the real pain is like that I just didn't go training, yeah. you know, that you did and I didn't. So imagine that over a lifetime. Yeah. Like we're, we're talking about one training session makes you feel a little bit, but when, but imagine you look up. And you know that someone else who's pretty much the same level human as you. Like, yeah. look, look, I look at some people I'm like, damn, that person's doing, I, I don't have the capability of doing what they're doing in that arena. Yeah. Like, whatever that arena is. Yeah, yeah. Freaking Tom Brady, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's this dude doing? Like, mm-hmm. there's, this is a human that was built for that game. Uh, uh, Gordon Ryan, right? This is a human that's built for that game. And both those guys massive work ethic dedication just that's what they're good that's what that's the game that they're playing and they've committed to that game and they're born for that game Mm -hmm. so i'm over here i'm not looking at gordon ryan like uh frustrated about him i might be like damn bro i might be like that that dude is i actually it's just actually i know i'm trying to think of what my emotions are when i look at tom brady or i look at michael jordan or i look at Gordon Ryan, it's like, oh, that's a human that got the blessing of having a, a, a level of natural ability that then took it to the nth degree. Good for them, bro. Yeah. Respect. Yeah. I don't even feel frustrated about that. Here's where people get frustrated. They look at Joe Schmo and they go, dude, Joe Schmo did this and I'm sitting over here and that person did better than me and yeah. I know I have more talent than them. Yeah. That's where people get pissed. That's where people get resentful. Yeah, that's what it feels like where like yeah, you mentioned these like elite level, you know, Gordon Ryan and Michael Jordan and Tom Brady. Tom Brady. It's it's almost like they're so good and so like work they they have they connected all their dots in their whole life potential, uh gifts and work ethic mm-hmm. and like you don't even compare yourself with them because of all these elements that are different. So like you know when someone's like in the same lane as you, that's when you're gonna pay, be yeah, paying yeah. attention. That's what you I know, mean. where certain people, even if someone's like just playing a whole different game, like someone who's like won the Nobel Prize, there are other people in their in their little uh, environment in who's their like, ecosystem. Eh, yeah, their ecosystem <laughs> that they're like, eh, I should have won the Nobel Prize, or they'll be haterish or whatever. But you, if you're not pursuing the Nobel Prize, you're kind of like, oh, that's pretty impressive mm-hmm. you know you don't care at all you're just not in that lane you know what's the deal with tom brady <clears throat> as far as like you know you see these the the numbers that he did in the combine when he was getting uh drafted and he was like not you know horrible numbers i think like the worst 40 and mm-hmm. they show pictures of him he had no vertical yeah. so was he just not like the best athlete 
and then he yeah. got he worked to get that athletic, or has he just not been on the right program? Wait, is Tom Brady super athletic now or something? I mean, he's freaking won however many Super Bowls, and yeah, he's so in awesome that, shape at forty five years old. Yeah, so. yeah, fully. So the, yeah, there's an you know this like where there's different like types of athlete, mm-hmm. but more than that. It's more what kind of player are you? Like how good of a player are mm-hmm. you? So certain positions, if you're more athletic, that's going to add to how good of a player you are. You got to have other elements for mm-hmm. sure. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Now quarterback is kind of the most cerebral mm-hmm. one of yeah. the thing. So he's he got to be he has to be a good football player like quarterback. So mm-hmm. there's something in his mind, and you can train all this stuff. Like in and of course physically, like he's a tall guy. You know yeah. that helps, and you got physical attributes for sure. But just because you don't have a vertical, mm-hmm. like that's more like basketball your vertical is going to matter more than being a quarterback do you think he do you think he was not on the right program and then once he started getting honed he was able to become more because let's face it like he could have been a, a really good athlete that just didn't know how to train right yeah is, is po- that possible it, I don't yeah know. yeah very possible i need to do some research yeah but you tend to get like these really good and i told you about my friend tim carey where he um he was a quarterback at UH. I actually talked to him briefly. He was, uh, he, I think he played in Canada for a little bit mm-hmm. too. But, and I'm not saying he's not a Tom Brady level athlete, but he was so good. He, but he was one of those guys where you tell him run a 40, he's not very fast. He was pretty tall, mm-hmm. but you tell him jump a vertical, he's not going to be one of the highest vertical guys, you know. But his mind and his just way of connecting with the people around him on the team or whatever was like, you could tell he was really good at that. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you can train that. A lot of it is like personality, but it's like the way you're in touch with the game and in, with your game, that's going to really tell the tale more so than how fast you run the 40 or do those combine exercises. Fedor. Yeah. So one thing about Fedor, when people talk about the different talents that people have, right? And you got, you know, some fighter is super explosive, right? Yeah, you got a uh, Yoel Romero, right? Just yeah. explosive. He's like yeah. a superhero explosive You got some other guy that could you know Nate Diaz just go endurance, bro He'll just gonna he's gonna keep going nothing gonna stop him yeah. from an endurance perspective BJ Penn flexible super flexible yeah. You got guys that just cardio machines Frankie Edgar, right? Yeah. So there's different people have different talents what I always found about Fedor Malianenko who a lot of people say is the best heavyweight of all time uh, in mixed martial arts what I I thought like his talent Was that he knew how to fight really good, you know, like he knew how to take his <laughs> yeah. wrestling his boxing yeah. his striking his grappling He he knew how to take all those things mm-hmm. his talent was being able to put them all into one Into one package and utilize the right yeah. skill at the right time. Yeah better than anyone else yeah. in his era yeah, and you know, here's another one too and you mentioned this every once in a while where he was unshakable oh, like yeah. he wasn't the kind where like you get him in trouble, and it that oh, means yeah. something to that. You get him in trouble means nothing to means him. Means nothing you to know? him. Yeah. Go so, look at Kevin Randleman and just picking oh, him man. up, smashing Bro. him on his spine. Yeah. Like where you look in the at air, him, airborne, yeah. airborne, oh, and you think there, you think at least there's a decent chance this guy's is going to be paralyzed. Yeah. Uh, literally paralyzed from the neck down because yeah. he gets smashed on his head, yeah. and he hits the ground. And he looks like. It looks like I just walked up to you and like said hi. That's the expression. He, yep. he just looks totally normal yep. and he gets a guy in a camera. Yeah. But that, you see that and you go, okay, that's what that guy's talent was. Yeah. Was taking all those things like he, if there was no MMA and there was just boxing, he wouldn't have been a world champion boxer. Mm-hmm. If there was just wrestling, he wouldn't have been a world champion wrestler. Because mm-hmm. there was people that would beat him in wrestling. There's people that beat him in boxing. There's people that beat him in Sambo. 
But you take all those things and put them together, and he, that's what the skill he had. Yeah. So when we're cruising around life, you if you can and you can identify what talent you have, that can help you identify what game you should get into. And if you're lucky, the game that you're good at is the game that you also like to play, right? Because mm-hmm. there's some people that have a natural skill, but they don't like that that yeah. game, right? Mm-hmm. There's also some people that lack a skill, but they love that game. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that to an extent, mm-hmm. right? Like, hey, I really love this game. I suck at it, but I'm gonna go for it. I appreciate the heart, man, and you, you, you may, that might be the right move for you because then you're doing something that you love and you get beat, it doesn't really matter. Mm. As long as you accept that and you understand that and you understand what winning is gonna look like for you in that particular game. Yeah. But if you're not paying attention to that, you might be getting involved, you might be, it's the same thing you hear with, uh, you know, oh, I just always did what my parents wanted me to do and that's why I went to law school and oh, now yeah. I'm a lawyer and I hate it, yeah. right? Like, watch out for that. If you don't like, if that's not the game you want to play at all, and your parents are getting you to law school and you want to be a welder because you like fabricating stuff with your hands, let me tell you what game you should pick. You should pick that fabrication. Mm-hmm. You should become a welder because your passion and your love for welding will more than make up for the fact that it might start off with a lower income than being a lawyer, which by the way, probably isn't even true these days. Because being a lawyer, there's so many lawyers out there. Yeah. It takes a long time to build up your life, your, your yeah. book business. And it depends on what kind of lawyer you are. Like I know a handful of lawyers and most of them are, don't make that much money. That's very true. Very true. And most welders, they make pretty good money. Yeah, <laughs> I know that. So that's what game you want to get in. Yeah. And you, and you, and you, just, you just have to pay attention to yourself. And what I would say about both those, your parents want you to be a lawyer, they've told you to be a lawyer. If you lie to yourself, it ain't gonna work out well. Bro, you you made a really good point with the admirals and stuff, where, and then UFC has that, where you you put all your eggs in that basket playing that game hardcore, and then once it's over, you're sorta done. So um, I know like, you know, professional sports that can be the case and you know you ever watch the what's the show the rock used to be in and he was like a sports financial advisor no idea it was it was a show i used to watch it for a while Mm -hmm. and i was like i don't get what this guy is that when i first started watching it and i was like oh what he does is he manages like the money and the financial future of athletes that come in because you know you come out of high school, you, yeah, yeah. you squeaked out a degree a little bit. You went to the draft or whatever. And your whole your whole plan for your whole life, all your eggs in that basket of football. Mm-hmm. And then nothing else afterwards, right? And you're playing football. That's all you're doing. Football, party, whatever, whatever. So The Rock was like an advisor. That he would help plan. Like, hey, you should, you should take some of your money, invest it here. So when you're done playing football, because when you play football, you don't think about after football. Mm-hmm. You just think, forget football forever. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, most people between the, most men for sure, between the ages of 15 and 30 yeah. aren't thinking about anything. No. You, you all think you're going to not, you're not worried. About, hey, something will happen. Yeah. Which is, by the way, lying to yourself. Yes. <laughs> so true. So he was, he would do that. And that, like, kind of, man, you can, obviously, we don't have, a lot of us don't have financial advisors when we get our first great job, you know. But it's like, that's the kind of mindset you kind of got to keep 
that's going to help you, you know, what, like what mindset that, Hey, this is going to end. This job yes. is going to end. And then what am I going to do? So some jobs are good where you can have that job and you get so much experience just by doing the job that like when you're done, you're like, Oh shoot. To me, Admiral seems like one of those jobs. I don't know. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's definitely, like I said, the military industri- industrial complex is looking to hire you up and make yeah, you yeah. a freaking whatever yeah. their thing and their board meeting. And you're yeah. going to go to the big meeting and get more missiles bought by the <laughs> Navy or whatever. Yeah. That, that's going on for yeah. sure. But UFC but, fighter? But not, not guaranteed, by the way. Yeah. The, what I just said, there's always a slot. There's always some slots for that flag officer. But also that flag officer's like, well, they're like, yeah, yeah, we got a job for you. Just got to move to whatever this place is. And the guy's like, well, I wanted to retire to Tennessee. Mm. I'm like, well, we don't need someone in Tennessee. We need someone in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Tennessee or D.C.? Yeah. You, you, we need yeah. you in D.C., not Tennessee. Mm. And so then they're like, oh, I guess I'll just not do that. And look, you're you got an admiral's, you got an admiral's pay, admiral's retirement, yeah. or a general's retirement, which is good money, mm-hmm. but it's not getting you anything close to the life that you had when you were an active duty general officer because you had a driver and you had a car and you had a freaking airplane. Yeah, you weren't flying around in Delta. <laughs> you're not flying around in America. You had a plane. Mm-hmm. And you're, hey, I'm going there now, I'm going there now. There's a big group of people waiting for you and they're feeding you extravagant foods and treating you with respect. All of a sudden, next thing you know, you're on Delta Airlines in the cheap seats, Mm. you know? So that's where it sneaks up on people. Yeah, and there's people that do that in every industry. That happens in in the in the academics. It happens in the financial industry. It happens in any industry. Yeah, any any job that you can have, if you don't recognize the ecosystem that that job actually encompasses, and think that it encompasses more, if you think that the ecosystem encompasses the whole world, yeah, like there's like being a seal, right? Yeah. No one like there's an admiral seal. There's me, there's some other guy that was, did four years. In the civilian world, that's just a SEAL. They're yeah. all the same dude, right? Yeah. Well, this guy was an admiral. Sure, some people might say, well, admiral sounds pretty important. Yeah. Well, this guy over here says, yeah, I was a master chief. Goes, oh, well, master chief, admiral, those guys both sound pretty awesome to me, yeah. right? This is, it's like the same thing. Yeah. So you think that that ecosystem expands to encompass the, the whole universe, and you think it expands to encompass life, it doesn't. Yeah. So if you're not paying attention, you will be invested in a game where when you walk off the court, no one cares what the score was. People do that with academia, like you're going to college and they're trying to get good grades and all this stuff. No one cares. No one wants to see your report card. Actually, a lot of times they don't even care what university you went to. Sure, if you went to the big, whatever, big Ivy League, there's people that care about that. But then there's also people like, I don't care where you went to school, whatever. You went to Harvard, you went to Princeton, you went to Berkeley, you went to <coughs> Yale, you went to wherever. It's like, okay, cool, whatever. We don't care. Can you perform in this job? Yeah. And that's the question. So if we're not thinking about that, we end up with issues. That's why you know I've t- told vets for all these years, you need to find a new mission. Mm-hmm. Find a new mission because that once you're out of the military, no one calls you master chief anymore. Yeah. No one calls you commander anymore. doesn't happen. Sure, you can go to the country club and someone calls you admiral <laughs> if you tell them all about it, but they, right, right. they're they just kind of like, whatever, it's, it's no big deal. So we have to be careful about this. And you know, the, the UFC thing for sure is, you know, guys that fought in the UFC and then that's over, yeah. you know? Even jujitsu guys, like, oh, that's over. Like you just said, football guys. Like you're on, you're on an NFL football team, 
Nowadays, cool, you're gonna get a good retirement, you're gonna get taken care of. But back mm. in the day, yeah. back in the 70s, yeah. like you got done, no one knows, no one, you don't have any money. Yeah. No one cares. You gotta go get a job. Yeah, you gotta go get an actual job. That's weird. That's a strange thing. Yeah. Actually, yeah, my uncle, he died. But he uh, he played in the NFL for like six years or Dang, whatever. What team? Um, kind of. He played for Cleveland, and he's old school. He's like eight. He would have been like eighty. Oh damn! Now. He was old school. He was hardcore. Leather yeah, helmet. Well, t- nah, nah, not quite. But nonetheless, when I first I heard about him, whatever. But I first, when I first met him, when he came to visit or whatever, he was like, yeah, he was like just a normal dude. I thought, you know, he's he's huge, but he was like, um. I thought he was going to be some big-time rich dude because he got that NFL money, you know. But, no, like when you're done, you sort of got, I mean, unless you're focused right when you yeah. get that, you focus on retirement and investing and all that stuff. Most people don't do that. So he just came as just a normal dude. Mm-hmm. I think he worked in like, I don't know, some, actually I think he owned like a shop or something. I don't know. Yeah. Something. But what's interesting is if you were in the NFL back then or you were in the UFC five years ago, 10 years ago, and you recognized the limitations of the game you were investing in, mm-hmm. and you pulled chips off the table in that game and put it into the bigger game, Yeah, that's how you win. Yeah. That's how you look up and go, yeah, you know, I didn't you know, I didn't do great in the UFC, I fought, I fought for the belt twice, didn't win it, but I, you know, bought these three apartment buildings, Yeah, you know, over a five year period, Yeah, two of them were paid for, you yeah. know what I mean? And then all of a sudden you go, oh, so, the only way you get to see that is by following the advice we gave on the last podcast. Take a step back and write down the game that you're in and f- the multiple games that you're in and then what are the strategies to win these games. Yeah. And by the way, you can be playing a game, a short-term game, a subordinate game mm. that is going to cost you in the strategic victory of the supreme game. Yeah. So you're doing dumb things. Mm. Hey, oh, I'm going to deal some drugs right now, oh, right? Yeah. I'm going to deal some drugs right now. Yeah. I'm going to make some money right now, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Then you get caught. Yeah. And now you're screwed. Yeah. Oh, you, so you can do, you can make mistakes in the short-term games. You can get involved in games that don't matter. You can get involved in games that take away your resources. Yeah. And if you do that, you're going you're gonna to sacrifice the supreme game. Again, please go and write down Take a step back, detach, and write down the various games and subordinate games that you're involved in. We're, look, we're all playing at least one big game together. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. And you know, for you, winning the game of life might be, hey, I've got a big family, I've got a bunch of kids, I've got a bunch of grandkids, that's a W. It might be, hey, I'm not really into a big family, but I got a bunch of properties and I got a um, I know I can spend my final years doing whatever I want, and that's your W. If that's your W, fine. Mm. Maybe it's, hey, look, I don't really care about money, but I want to live by the beach, or I want to live in the mountains, and I want to be left alone and not have to worry about anything, and that's the W. Okay, cool. Figure out what that win looks like. Figure out what that W is, and then figure out how you're going to play that game to win. Do you, you know, you heard the the whole thing where, um, you know, people do this where they'll interview people who are like really old mm-hmm. and sometimes they interview like the super successful people who are really old and kind of retired or whatever. And they say like, what are your regrets or whatever? Uh, and it's usually stuff that they didn't do mm-hmm. or maybe I should have. <clears throat> okay. And what, so I have two questions. Hey, do you ever uh, like do that? Is that ever like a, th- a motive, not a motivator, but like a, um, 
like a tool you use to be like, hey, I, I should do more or whatever by thinking like, oh, I don't want to be old and regret not doing certain things. Yeah, I, think I, th- that? I think when I talked earlier about the knowing that you have a certain level of potential, yeah. knowing that you have a certain amount of time, knowing that I have opportunities that some of my friends don't have anymore, yeah. it's like, oh, if you don't think I'm going to try and do my best to fulfill the potential that I have to, to to squeeze what I can out of life. Well, yeah, no, of course I think that way. You yeah. know, I think about all my friends that don't have that opportunity. Yeah. So <clears throat> do you think of now, do you ever think of like things in the past like that you kind of can't do anymore because you're not in that position anymore? You know, like sometimes when you're like, hey, I should have enjoyed myself more in my 20s or whatever. Do you ever think Forget, that? I enjoyed myself a lot. In my 20s. <laughs> so you don't have any I like go in the other regret. direction. I'm like I enjoyed myself a little bit too much <laughs> too in my 20s. Much. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was I was playing that game pretty hard. Yeah. Right? And I played it a little too hard. You know, I probably should have a little been a little bit smarter, but I think also you know, I I think that the years that I was like, you know, blowing money on partying and chicks and just all that crap I think in those years, I also, those were years that were a little bit, for lack of a better word, a little bit expendable, meaning like that's what I was doing. I knew I had a longer future, you know, and knew I'd be able to kind of have some time to put that together. But that being said, I've told my kids, I've been like, oh, if I would have been smarter, the whole whole world would be different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, so I guess I do have... When I, if I think about it, kind of bifurcate the two thoughts. One of them is like, well, yeah, I had a good time and it was fun. Mm-hmm. But also, if I look at it from a more mature aspect, it's like, yeah, you know, I would have been in a much better position now than than I am. Now, listen, I will say that I'm in a really good position right now in my life. Like, I mean, I've got good stuff going on. I kind of have what I what I want, yeah. Um, but you know, if I wouldn't have gotten onto this path that we're on right now, you know, if I if I would have retired from the military and run the gym and taught jujitsu, and I had to look around right now and look at the time and money that I wasted as a twenty to as an eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, twenty four year old, mm. I'd be like, damn, I should I wasted, I blew a lot of stuff. Luckily, like I said, I think I've made maneuvers. Once I identified the game that I was playing, which I didn't really do until I was like 25 years old, it's like, okay, I see this game. Okay, now I'm in a game. Here's 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 the moves that I have to make. Here's the things that I have to do to set myself up for the long run. And once I did that, then I was able to sort it out. But if I, and then, and then continued to identify, oh, this is the game that's going on right now. Okay, here's here's how I can make moves. So I think if I wouldn't have identified that, I would be totally regretful. Yeah, but as of right now, you're you're kind of solid. No, I feel good. And the yeah. and then the other question that you got to ask yourself: Well, if I didn't have those other experiences, would I be who I am right now? And the yeah. answer is probably no. Probably not. Yeah. You know, so I I was doing things and learning about life and going through experiences that I learned a lot from. And I think that was beneficial Yeah, and it makes me who I am. So, yeah, I feel like you're, you know, in your position and a lot of people in the position where 
<clears throat> you have you had such a like action pack for lack of a better term, yep, like young life, yeah. you know, that it's hard to be like, man, I wish it because you know you you bring up um yeah people who follow their parents' dreams, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they get and even when they're for real successful, mm-hmm. they'll be like, dang, I wish I would have, yeah. I wish I would have paid attention more to my friends or my whatever, my family or whatever, or or even if they just say, I wish I would have followed my dreams instead of my parents' yeah, dreams, yeah, yeah. So this is. To your case in point, I followed my dreams. <laughs> from day one. Like, from day one, I was like, hey, I want to go be a frog man. I'm going to yeah. go get after it. Like, that's yeah. what I'm doing, and I did it. Yeah. And so that's, to me, uh, very, very satisfying, gratifying, and re- regret removal, right? Yeah, fully. Like, I think if sense. I if I had not done what I had wanted to do, like, yeah. well, you know, you played football. Mm. Is there a part of you that goes, man, if I would have pushed a little bit harder, if I would have trained a little bit harder, if I would have been a little bit more dedicated, I probably could have, you know, I, maybe I could have gone, whatever. Maybe I could have gone to the NFL. Maybe I could have done, or you didn't, you didn't have those thoughts. No, You're shaking not your at head all. Like, yeah, no. not even close. So I, I think Do like- you think I'll, you didn't have the capability of going to the NFL? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, put it this way. The guys that on my team that I know that went to the NFL were like way more gifted than me. Mm-hmm. So way more gifted or uh, way all across the board. Everything. Wait, wait, or did they work harder though? Both. Yeah. Yeah. Both. And here's what I realized like within two years, it was actually after I got injured, I had to work my way back into the depth chart. It was like, I don't like football enough to like have to mm-hmm. play this game as hard as everyone. I'm looking around and guys are like, they're down for the mm-hmm. grind of football and that's football. And they're watching the games on the weekends and all this. I remember, I don't care. I kind of, to be honest, I kind of care more about the party on mm. after the game than, you know, like practice and like all this stuff. I liked lifting weights. I like that part of it. And certain like running drills, I like that part of it. But I think the, the reality of what it takes to play football, like wasn't worth it at all to me after like about two years mm. yeah. in college. Mm-hmm. In high school, it's like. You're just into working out and you run faster than everybody. So it's, you can catch good. So you make touchdowns. If you're good at football in, in high school, like you're just going to live a good life, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> and then, so it wasn't, it didn't take the kind of work it did in college. So it really brings to light like what it takes. And you're like, oh, bro, this isn't even, like, I don't even like football that much. Mm-hmm. I like it, but not that much. What if you were still a bouncer right now? No. So, yeah. Would you kind of be like, damn, I wish I could. No, I would have, if this is the, if, if I wasn't, I'm just trying to see if you lied to yourself. Did you lie to yourself at all when you were like, you know what, I don't care that much about football? Or were you just saying that because it was a bunch of hard work and you're like, oh, I don't really care about football? It's like what I talked about earlier today. Yeah. Um, no. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it anyway. Because I don't, even now, I don't watch football. Yeah, not because so yeah, like I have sour true. grapes or that's nothing, true. but I, I, like I'll try to watch football. Because I want my son to kind of be into it and think, cause, and it is fun to watch, but I'm like not into it, really. Mm. I'm not into it. So there's l- l- truly zero regret for your football career. You know what I think? I think what drew me to football was my dad's, like he was so proud that, because Jay joined football first mm-hmm. one year, like when he was 10 when we were 10 mm-hmm. and my dad was so proud of him and I'd watch him play and how everyone just loved it and all this stuff. So I was like, Oh, okay. And then the next year I went and we were, we were good, you know, coming up or whatever. So it's like, you just get the payoff of being good more so than I really liked football. I think I did it for my dad, to be honest. <laughs> like not so, fully, so you, but tru- so you truly have no regret. The football thing. No. Um, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Cause there's some people that, you know, would have been uh, invested 
and and from what you're saying, you weren't actually that na- had you know a uh, let's say a eighty percent natural talent. If a hundred gets you to the NFL, yeah. you had eighty percent. Yeah, l- and you could have made it up to eighty-seven because you would have if you would have worked really super yeah. hard, but you still wouldn't have been. There. Yeah. So consider who went to the NFL from my team. That I mean, I'm, there's some other guys kind of later on, but Ashley Lilly, six-three, ran a four-two something, <laughs> forty. He went to the NFL. Um, my friend Jeff Ulbrich, who I met, he ran a four-five. He weighs two fifty-five. He's six-one. Just um, a and savage. Good at football. That's yeah. the thing too. The kind Ashley has all these touchdowns and like just good at football. Um, my friend Adrian Clem, who went, he was a lineman. He was 6'5", 300 pounds, and good at football, long arms. He was yeah. O-line. Really, these are, re- these are elite athletes yeah. in Division One college football. So you don't just go to the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Um, you had that realization. Was there anybody that surprised you? Um, anybody that, like, you know, little Freddie? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there are the handful of those guys. Um, they usually make it to like the combine stuff and the practice squad, and they do some work there. But they don't, they don't go and play in the NFL. Mm. You know, um, no shoot. surprises. Yeah, there was. Um, I totally forget his name. Oh man, I forget. But he his went name. to the NFL. Local guy went to the NFL. Played on some some squads. Didn't play in games or nothing, but played on some squads. There's a few guys. Yeah, if you like just that. play in a squad, are you getting paid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get Good paid. Money? Practice better than like a normal job for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, better than your average job. Oh yeah, like you can get. And that could that have been a view? Could that have oh, been yeah. you? Yeah, like uh, if uh, if I would if I was gung ho about yeah. football like these. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because uh-huh. I, I I ran. But you assessed that the game was not for you. The game was not for me. The game I chose one. I didn't have a. I didn't have a contingency. <laughs> I just. Like, I was. I didn't have really like a like goals. I was just trying to do whatever. I'll be a personal trainer or something like this, and then you know work in the clubs. You know when you're 20, mm-hmm. it's like whatever. 21, 22 years old. <laughs> nah, it was it was well into the club where I was like, hey, I got to do something like creative, you know, with with people that I like that are like that has a real future, not mm-hmm. just the manager of a nightclub, you know, like yeah. that's not a I didn't see that as who I was kind of a thing. So, I, yeah, I joined with my brother and we started stuff. <sighs> well, <clears throat> I'm glad you were able to assess. Actually, you taught me something passively. What's that? That you know how you're like a Navy SEAL or were whatever. Whatever. Um, but then you're also a black belt in jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And this is what I found out about you or like early on too, where you like dabbled in like real estate. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't find out you were this leadership dude <laughs> or had that until Tim Ferriss podcast. I literally didn't even know that. Dang. Um so the point there is you have like five, that's like what, four or five different viable games to play five yeah like very viable mm-hmm. just alone but you have five of them going on at the same time yes and that is something that is a strategy yeah. and of and it the weird thing is and i'd say that this is probably you know we talked about fedor talent being able to yeah. put it all together yeah. i would say the little bit of talent that i have because you know me i'm not that talented in anything really but what i was pretty talented at was being able to like work hard in a bunch of different things yeah. kind of simultaneously. Yeah. Like yeah. kind of like I'm going to do these things and they're all our time suckers and they all take a lot of effort and time, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and do them all at yeah. the same time. Yeah. And I think that's, it's hard to do that. 
Uh, and in some, in a lot of cases, it's not even smart to do that because mm. in a lot of cases, you know, if you're doing one thing and then you're doing something else and you're doing something else and you're doing something else, you're not prioritizing and executing. You're mm. not focusing your resources properly to actually make anything happen. Mm. So that in many cases is a negative to, tr- to try and do a bunch of things at the same time. You know, I, I would say like how much more dedicated, I was, I was very dedicated to jujitsu and I still train all the time. Mm-hmm. But, and there was a time maybe where I was pretty good, but like training, when I'm training with Dean Lester and I'm training with Dean and he's like a world champion, mm-hmm. I recognize kind of like what you're saying, there was a gap in natural ability that would not be uh, would not be closed by any amount of work. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a certain level that he is, and then I'd train with other world champions. And I'd be like, okay, yep, that person's better than me. Now, look, I could have gotten closed that gap more. Yeah, you know, if I'd have been like, all right, you know what, I'm just getting out of the navy, and I'm gonna just do jujitsu all the time. Sure, yeah. I could close that gap more for yeah. sure, hundred percent, obviously. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think that's that's me working hard. And not only that, uh, when it does come to prioritize and execute, when I'm when I was doing one thing, like I would do that thing. Yeah. And then two hours later I'm doing something else, I'm focused on that thing. And then two hours later I'm doing the other thing, I'm doing it. So I think the amount of focus that I would bring to the table when it came to pursuing goals was strong. Yeah. And I never, like, I never sacrificed one second of work in the SEAL teams for anything else, for nothing else. Like, Mm. there was no way that I was going to ever be like, oh, I got to go. No, I never left work. (laughs) Never had to Never, never, never was like, nope, I got to go. That's why, you know, for many, many years, Dean and I trained at 8 o'clock at night Mm. because that's when I could safely know you know, you get to work at six o'clock in the morning. I know by eight o'clock I can get to the mats right, right. because I was never gonna prioritize anything above the primary job, which is being in a leadership role in the SEAL teams, which is gonna trump all other yeah. things. So you, you um, some of it though, and yeah, maybe you're like, yeah, some of your stuff where you know how. Especially now, it's clear, but maybe maybe early on it wasn't. But you know, how, like a lot of your stuff, all the things that you're good at, like certifiably good at, you produce results in. They like kind of can play off each other. True. You know, so like yep. it's not like you're mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm gonna pursue being a yeah. rock star and then run echelon front. It's like they're two. They're so yeah, yeah. different. I yeah. mean, unless you're yeah. playing songs for them at the on the weekends or whatever. But <laughs> you, they don't like which work. I have done. <laughs> Yes, sir. They don't play off each other as much, you right, know. Right. But no, the the Venn diagram overlap yeah, yeah. of jujitsu, of SEAL teams, of leadership, leadership. and you know, like you know, then you got like the real estate thing, and that was always just a matter of me. It was like there's a game going on here. Yeah. And as soon as I realized that, oh, hey man, like I realized when I was pretty young, I'm paying someone else's mortgage. Yeah. When I'm paying rent, I'm paying someone else's mortgage. How do you win that game? The answer is you do not win that game. Yeah. You do not win that oh, game. Like that, yeah. you, you do not win that game. You have to get in a position where you're putting money and equity into your future, not someone else's future. Yeah. So 
that's the kind of thing where it's like, yes, that's a move I'm going to make. And I'm going to sacrifice to be able to do it. I was house poor my entire Navy career. Mm. Completely house poor. Driving a 1997 Dodge Grand Caravan for 13 years. That's Hell a piece yeah. of shit car, man. <laughs> that's like, there's no, that's that's an ego, uh, you know, you see guys with their big trucks. This is yeah. the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, the you deflator. Know what I mean? This is okay. the deflator. Like, hey, I'm rolling up in a 1997. The freaking window on the driver's side didn't work. So it's taped up. Yeah, but uh, that's what that's when I re when I realized that these games were in play. That's when I started to be able to play the game. Whether that game is like, oh, real estate, paying someone else's paying rent is paying else someone else's mortgage. That's not a winning game. Yeah. That's not how you win that game. Am I always going to need a house? Kind of. I'm always going to need a place to live. I got a family. Mm-hmm. And believe me, there was times where I looked at, oh, I can live in, uh, you know, I was going to do the boat live aboard thing. A lot of people, a lot of team guys do that. Like, I'll just live aboard a boat, whatever. Mm -hmm. Save that money. Cool. But again, all you have to do is study that for 15 minutes and you realize that a boat is a depreciating asset. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get, it it loses value over time. Mm -hmm. All of them. Like, okay, you can get a car that's a a classic or whatever. That's very rare. Cars, boats, planes, they're all depreciating assets. Yeah. So when I realized that, it's like, okay, well, I'll move on a boat. Oh, okay, that's a depreciating asset. And over time, I'm going to end up in a worse spot. The only way to do this is I got to buy a house. Mm. Okay. Then once I bought a house, it was like, okay, well, how long do I need to hold on to this house before I can buy another one? How long for another one? How long for another one? Mm. And when again, when you look at all these different things that are happening, you can start to say, oh, I can at least see the game that's being played, and I can get in the game. Yep. That's my recommendation. Yes, sir. Uh, with that, we will continue this thread. Well, we'll see. Um, uh, perhaps on the next podcast, I don't know. We'll, we'll review this one and see if there's a little bit more to add to it. Yeah. If anyone has questions about this one, hit us up. Yeah, and this one's helpful, man. For Even for me just listening, yeah. it's like, man, that's so helpful. Well, that's what I realized with these past couple podcasts if I've got friends that I communicate with regularly and they don't realize this stuff I know there's a lot of people that I haven't done a good job of communicating this to Mm -hmm. I know that you know look I cover a lot of military stuff cover a lot of leadership stuff but it's interesting when I talk about military and leadership things I always think that the correlations to life are so obvious but they're not as obvious as you think they are. Not as obvious as I think they are. So this is one of those where hopefully people can see through pretty direct communication the the concepts that we're talking about. And everyone is susceptible to the problems that can occur if you don't know about the game. Uh, so, speaking of that, um, we got Jocko Fuel. We we both um, have been drinking a lot. You you drink a milk during this? Yes. How was it? Good. Outstanding. Banana cream all day. Okay. Not as obvious as my normal chocolate, but bro, I I seriously drink two of those a day. Yeah. Because I got the freaking stockpile at home. Yeah. So get yourself some protein. It's really easy. You know, you first alerted me to the fact that if you're trying to get the amount of protein that you need, yeah. 30 grams of protein is a is a le- legitimate nudge. Yep. It's a legitimate like oh this is a this is a legitimate boost. Yeah. 
to the protein intake. I think that's more than a normal, like, what do you call, like the, your FD, uh, like a normal meal, like a mm. normal one serving meal or whatever. 30 grams is more than in a normal meal. There you go. So, Mulk, we got these beautiful drinks. We don't even call them energy drinks. I mean, they are called energy drinks, technically speaking, but they're not. Sure. Because energy drinks are bad for you, and yeah. this one's good for you. Yeah. So we're on a totally different level. It's true. We're not in the game that they're in. No, they're in different the game, game of poisoning you. Yeah. We're in the game of making you better, yeah. smarter, faster, stronger. JockoFuel.com. Get some of that. You can get it at Wawa. You can get it at Vitamin Shop, the military commissaries. Look, if you're, I got word the other day mm-hmm. that there was a military commissary that was lacking. So, hey, also check in the, uh, in like the health and wellness section of stores. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're looking in the energy drink section. Some stores put them in there. Sometimes they put them over in the, in the health and wellness. So, Check that out. Military Commerce Series, Hannaford, Dash Stores in Maryland, Wakefern and ShopRite, Circle K in Florida, HEB. Shout out to all my people in Texas that are rolling into HEB and clearing shelves. Freaking outstanding. Thank you. Murphy's, Meyer, up in the Midwest. So there you go. Jocko Fuel. Get some. Get some is what we like to say around here. Yep, it's true. Also, Origin USA, American made apparel. We're going to start with jujitsu stuff, gis. When you're doing jujitsu, you need a good gi. Mm-hmm. So why not get the best gi? <sighs> and plenty of options, so don't even worry about like, oh, I got to get the one. No, you can get whichever one you yeah. want. Why would you run out and buy a Model T Ford that was rusty when you could go out and legitimately buy a Cadillac? Because that's, that's the difference between a normal yeah. gi and an origin gi. It's, it's yes. like that. And that's not even to mention where it's made. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is a whole other thing. Huge. Actually, probably even huger when you really think about the big yeah, game, yeah, if yeah. you will. See what I'm saying? But, yes, best of both worlds. Uh, geese, rash guards, got some shirts, some hoodies. Okay. So, I have four. Well, actually, I have like eight origin hoodies. A hundred percent the past month and a half. hundred percent every single day. Even weekends, I wear the hoodies. Yeah. Well, the hoodies. It's, it's a little chilly out here in California for the Californians, especially for the Hawaiians, <laughs> yeah. be thinking it's yeah. you are in the brutal. heavy hoodie. Brutal. Well, you and I were doing some filming today. Hell yeah. And I had like, I, I wear my origin hoodie every day and it's just covered in food. <laughs> I was like, dude, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, give me a second, you know? I got like scraps of steak on here. There's meatball on there. I just had to clean that thing off because, you know, I guess I'm not one of those people that's super into like, you know, uh, whatever, fashion. Hey, man, you look great. So we got the hunk gear too. Got the jeans, Delta jeans, Delta 68s. Come on. Multiple uh, levels of wash too. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. We got a wash house. Yep. That's a thing. OriginUSA.com. Do you know the dynamics between the, the what? Like, do you know under what circumstances you wear the dark, the medium, and the light? Under what circumstances? Yeah, like, you know, when you wear light jeans, that's like a daytime, spring, it's more casual. Dark jeans, more like dressy. See what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, and then bro. it's a spectrum. Right, you got to know that kind of stuff when, when you and Big H are going out on dates. I'm mm. just saying, I'm here to help. You got to know the game you're playing. Also, Jocko has a store. It's called Jocko Store. That's where you can represent with discipline equals freedom. Def core to the core on this path. Shirt locker. While we're playing this I game. seen the last shirt locker. Yeah. Shirt. Yep. No free dopamine. No free just, dopamine. Just throwing that out there as a flag. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm here. No free dopamine. Yeah. If you're, if you're wearing that shirt and you're looking at Instagram and you're uh, scrolling. Yeah. And it's sucking. It's giving you free dopamine, 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 dopamine. Nope. <laughs> violating the whole. Don't let it happen. Game. Come on. 
It's true. Clear your brain. Yep. Clear your brain. Uh, shirt Locker. That's oh, what yeah. we're talking shirt about. Shirt Locker. Uh, new shirt every month. Check that one out. It's all in JockoStore.com. <sighs> Subscribe to the podcast. Go to Jocko Underground. Check that out. JockoUnderground.com. Go to YouTube. Jocko Podcast on YouTube. Origin USA on YouTube. Psychological Warfare. Flipside Canvas. Dakota Meyer. I talked to him the other day. He's just getting after it. Just getting, just getting after, after it. it, no matter what. Dakota mm-hmm. Meyer. He's got his own gym mm-hmm. down there in Texas. If you're in Texas, if you're in the Austin area, go to check out his gym. It's called Own the Dash. Yeah. Gym. Yeah, I saw a guy with one of his shirts on. I was like, oh, Dakota Meyer represent. Dig it. There you go. Uh, books. Got a bunch of books. Jocko Publishing. Holly McKay's book. Get one of those. We, we did another print of those. So pick one of those up. Awesome book. Uh, and I've written a bunch of books. A Final Spin, novel. There's novel things happening with Final Spin. Yep, There's right also here. some novel things happening with Warrior Kid. Look, we'll talk about this more in the future. <laughs> but but let's just say we like the th- way things are going. Mm-hmm. Uh, written a bunch of books, so check those out. We also have Echelon Front. We solve problems through leadership. All your problems are leadership problems, and we will get them solved. Go to echelonfront.com. If you need help there, if you want to come to one of our live events, we also have the Extreme Ownership Academy. We just redid this whole thing, revamped it. Actually, it's not even just a revamp. It's like a totally new, yep. totally new, what is it, website? Is that sure. what it's called? Yeah, totally new website. website. We got free courses on there to take. We got Dave Burke and I did a course. Good deal. Free, yeah, a free course. Jamie Cochran and I did a course. So take those free courses. Um, go to extremeownership.com. You can check out some of the other content that we have, because look, this is what we're, what we're talking about. The, all these games that we're talking about, you need to win in these games. The way you win in these games, by having the right skills. Extremeownership.com will give you those skills. And if you wanna help service members active and retired, you wanna help their families, Gold Star families, check out Mark Lee's mom, Mama Lee. She's got a charity organization. You heard her on the podcast. You heard about her son. If you wanna donate, you wanna get involved, go to americasmightywarriors.org. And also don't forget about Micah Fink, who at present time is up there in the wilderness somewhere. He's got a, a small mountain lion in one hand, and he's got a bow and arrow in the other hand, and he's in the pursuit of a grizzly bear. That's what he's doing right now. So go to heroesandhorses.org if you wanna help him help our veterans. And also, if you wanna connect with us, we're on the interwebs. Echo Charles is on Twitter. He's back on Twitter. Mistakes were made. They've been amended. Amended. Growth is re-spawning his life on Twitter. Sure, yep. So check him out. He's at Echo Charles. He's on the gram. He's on the Facebooky boy. Yep, it's true. At Echo Charles, I'm at Jocko. Well, like, listen, if you're gonna go on there though, just just be careful because there's free dopamine on there. Oh, yeah. They might as well be giving you cocaine or methamphetamines. And it's getting better too, by the way. Just let me throw that out. You there. mean they're getting better at manipulating with, your brain with the algorithm? Yes. The algorithm is just honed. Honed. Yeah. Like if you if you are into jujitsu. Yeah. But you're really into umaplatas, it's like showing you more umaplatas. <laughs> if you're really into surfing, but you're a, you really like single fin 70s guns. Sure. Which yeah. I do. Hell yeah. That's, guess what just miraculously pops up? So they're tracking on you. Yeah. That's the algorithm. Watch out. 
and thanks to our members of the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines who are playing the ultimate game around the world preserving freedom. Thank you for your service and thanks also to our police and law enforcement, firefighters, paramedics, EMTs, dispatchers, correctional officers, Border Patrol, Secret Service, and all first responders. Thank you for preserving our way of life here at home. And to everyone else out there, don't lie to yourself. And until next time, this is Echo and Jocko.